0: I'm Mike. I'm Dave. And this is Between the Lines.
1: And we're back. Welcome back to WKRP in Cincinnati. to
0: the Big River. Oh. Hey, oh. Oh, man. So, uh, everybody, uh, if you haven't noticed, we missed last week. Um, we didn't have a place to record. Uh, so, we we just kind of... They didn't like our political views. So, we just... Um, we took a week off. Sue us. Yes. So, we're back this week. No, don't um, sue us. We don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could sue us, but you can't get blood from a stone. So... Um, Uh, Our last episode was on the crisis in South Africa and how citizens are having to rise up um, and protect their own property because that's what you do when um, the government's not there to protect you. You protect yourself. Um, And the importance of South Africa as it regards to the Second Amendment in the United States and why the Second Amendment was put in place in the first place. Um, So... Uh, I encourage everybody to go back and listen to that episode. Uh, The episode before that, we had an episode about Cuba uh, and the current uh, raging protests that are still going on. People have been disappearing and... Um, yeah, military personnel have been eliminated and executed and disappeared. So I encourage everyone to do their research. Go check out that stuff. Don't let these stories die. Uh, go check our episodes out on Cuba. Visit our website, thebtlpodcast.com. Check us out on Facebook at PA Between the Lines. And you can check us out on Twitter at The BTL Podcast. Um, so this week... Um, and next week we're going to have a two part episode, uh, on interactions with the police. Uh, we want to do, um, we want to do a series, um, a constitutional series on, uh, the different articles, the different amendments, uh, things like that. So, uh, you could find those, uh, in the future on, um, TheBTLPodcast.com. Check those things out. So for this week's episode, we're going to talk about interactions with the police and what you should do if you're ever involved in a traffic stop um, or if you're encountered on the streets in public. Um, again, to preface, we're not lawyers. We're not um, any kind of legal scholars. So none of our uh, advice or opinion should be taken as expertise or, um, you know, advice on how to proceed, consult a lawyer uh, for any legal battles you may be um, uh, incurred with. Uh, What we're doing right now is just kind of giving you a framework uh, as to what the constitutionality is of a police stop and, um, you know, our basic knowledge of your personal rights um, when it comes to what to do and what to say when you're stopped by police.
1: Yeah, um, and then I think uh, some of what we're talking about today, uh, inadvertently or advertently, uh, cross sections with the fourth amendment yes um, which if you're not familiar with the legal or the terminology of the fourth amendment it reads as such the right of the people to be secure in their persons houses papers and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures that doesn't mean that you watch something with flashy bulbs and <laughs> yes. went into a seizure that's right that just means seizure or taking that which you know belongs to you
0: somebody taking what's not theirs
1: is a seizure exactly Shall not be violated and no warrants shall issue, but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. In other words, due process must be played out before any of this process exactly. is there sh- there, there needs
0: Exactly. There needs to be a, um, a legal grounds um, uh, for them to violate your Fourth Amendment rights. Now... A a stop by police uh, will involve many, uh, you you know, multiple amendments: the First Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment. Um, But for for today's uh, sake, um, we're going to talk about essentially what how it relates to the Fourth Amendment, things like that. The reason why uh, the Fourth Amendment was put into place to begin with was because uh, prior to the War of Independence. Uh, British soldiers were were just able to ransack somebody's house at will, and could um, you know take anything they wanted uh, and use it as evidence against you, even even you know plant evidence. Um, but that's another discussion. Um, so the the founders put the Fourth Amendment in there to protect citizens from unwarranted searches and seizures. Otherwise, the government would be able to just take their take, come in and take your property. Um, that was a big thing in England. Um, the The crown at any time could decide that. Well, they want your property now, so they're just mm. going to come and take it. And eminent domain. Yeah. yeah. And they would just come and take it, which is still a thing in the United States, but the constitutionality of that is still being debated. You still have to be duly compensated um, and things like that. Some people have gotten screwed by, by eminent domain.
1: Now it's, I think a lot of the cases that came up in past history were with regards to the transportation, Department of Transportation building new roads and highways and such and forcing people uh, essentially out of their property for that regard. And a
0: lot of people, the, the constitution just essentially says that you have to be compensated for, for that, um, you know, justly compensated. However, um, you know there's no guidelines on that so sometimes people royally got screwed on the compensation but this is not an eminent domain podcast yeah <laughs> no. we can get into another podcast on that but um, that's the that's the reason why uh, the fourth amendment was put into place so um, I think that what we could do is maybe go through a scenario of being stopped by police either because there's, there's two different grades of a police stop. There's a traffic stop, which they're very, very limited um, as to what a police officer can do during a traffic stop. It's contained to the original reason for the stop. And then you have just what's called a Terry stop, um, which before the podcast, I read the definition of that. A Terry stop is essentially when a police officer has a reasonable suspicion that an individual is armed, engaged, or about to be engaged in criminal conduct. Uh, the officer may briefly stop and detain an individual for a pat down of uh, or a search of their outer clothing. Um, and according, you know, in 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 skew in view of the the Fourth Amendment, however you want to say it, a Terry stop is a seizure uh, within the meaning of the Fourth Amendment because they're essentially um, Searching your searching your per person and seizing anything that's on your person for the the uh, duration of that stop. So, um, it, it it's supposed to be a consensual in, encounter, it, 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 but that there's a fine line when a consensual encounter bleeds into a Terry stop. So, so which do you think? Uh, what do you want to go over first? A traffic stop or a or a, or a public public stop.
1: Uh, while you were going over some of that stuff, I was actually looking up here a couple different reference points for your rights, what you need to know when you actually get stopped. So, okay. Um, I think the Terry stop is probably the most. Uh, that
0: that's the most egregious. Yeah, I, I think so. Maybe we maybe we start there. So, in the in the let, let's frame this out. You're walking down the street, um, and. Uh, maybe you're wearing a hoodie um, and uh, a pair of jeans and some sneakers and you're just you got your hands in your pocket your hood's up you're walking down the street um, to to a police officer that could look suspicious um, so he um, calls you out hey stop you want to come here for a second um, and at that point at that point it's a consensual stop uh, hey can I can I talk to you for a second? At that point, you have the the right to say, "No, I'm I'm busy. I'm on my way." Um, however, and this is this is the first thing, and police police hate this, and it's a very, it's a cliche thing. But you're, you're the first thing that you should always say to a police officer when they tell you to stop is, "Am I being detained?" Uh, ask them whether you're whether you're being forced to to stop or whether you're in a consensual um consensual interrogation at that point or a consensual encounter um, if they say that you are being detained it's essentially a Terry stop they're 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 looking for information they're looking for well, I guess it's not a Terry stop until they search it but it, at that point it's a it's a detainment for further investigation um at that point your rights change um so we'll frame it like this um hey, can I stop you? You say to the officer, am I being detained? The officer says, yeah, I'd like to know uh, what you're doing walking down the street this time of night or whatever. Um, at that point, you really should just stop talking and, and just keep repeating, am I being detained? Mm. Um, you know, there has to be a reasonable suspicion of you committing a crime. So at this point, you can ask, uh, what crime have I what crime have I committed? What crime do you sus- suspect that I've committed? Um, things along those lines. And and that will kind of lead you into an area of, okay, is this a voluntary de- detainment where I am just answering questions under my own free will or am I being forced to be detained, which is on the next step is arrest, but we're not quite there yet. Um, so then... I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm rambling here, but uh, so then once you're, once you've established uh, whether or not this is a um, a detainment or a a casual encounter uh, or a consensual encounter, at that point you can, you can walk away. If they say you're not being detained, then you can just say, okay, and turn around and start walking away. If they say, "Hey, I've got questions for you," then you repeat, "Am I being detained?" It, it's kind of a back and forth, and you see it on YouTube all the time. Uh, but but it's important that you do that in order to establish your position and whether or not you're free to leave.
1: I feel like these Terry stops are open up potential liability on the part of the officer, like immediately if they decide Absolutely. to take you know these type of actions. Because just base, I mean, just a peripheral overview of you know some of the context behind these stops. You know, immediately I would think that they would have to have, you know, immediate context by which to, you know, perform a Terry stop. In other words, my thought would be um, crime scene, you know, a crime scene happened in that neighborhood and the police are on the lookout for somebody and they see you in the vicinity, you know, maybe giving off a vibe, so to speak, that, you know, you may have had some involvement. I'll give you a funny example. Uh, me and a buddy of mine were down in uh, Center City, uh, Philadelphia, driving around, and we were uptown one night. <laughs> and uh, some, uh, we were parked right across the street from a uh, bookstore, and uh, it was probably about 10, 11 o'clock at night, and we were just coming out. And uh, I was about to, we were about to drive off, and this kid comes jumping over the fence. There's a an adjacent park uh, to right across the street from the the bookstore, and there's a fence that divides the sidewalk from the park. And this kid literally jumps the fence and he has a purse in his hands. Um, Immediately, it's like, well, he either has really bad taste or he just mugs somebody. So needless to say, I didn't see anybody pursuing him. So me being the stupid kid I was, I decided to, you know, be chips. So, you know, I turned on the car, we gunned it. We went around the corner and my car died. (laughs) My car stalled in the middle of a crime scene. Uh, he actually, where the car stalled at, he actually went down an alleyway, and not within like four or five minutes, there were about five or six police cars. Wow. So, I'm broken down in the middle of a crime scene. That's hilarious. So, in that particular instance, I could see a cop coming up to me and stopping me and asking me, because there's context there. It's yes. like, you went after this guy, yep. you saw it
0: happen, what's going on? Yep. That, that to me, would be... Reasonable. Reasonable. Yes. So so in in context of the fellow um jumping over the fence with a purse obviously that's not the normal behavior of that's not how you enter and exit a fence there's usually a gate I don't to know. a fence he may have been
1: trying out for the olympics <laughs> could who be? knows and that could be a hurdle maybe jumper. he likes purses
0: <laughs> that uh, 100% accurate i mean you you're, you're absolutely right you, there's there's no there's no crime immediately committed by jumping a fence with a purse. Maybe
1: the coach store was closing in five minutes yeah. and
0: he needed to get there to do a return. He really needed to get back to Dolce Cabana to return <laughs> that, that purse. Anyway, um, the immediate act of jumping over a fence with a purse in your hand is not illegal. No. However, in the context of fleeing and jumping over... The, any police officer would have had a reasonable suspicion that you stole that purse and he would be able to reasonably detain you. However, if you happen to be walking at night with a purse as a man, who cares, and you open the gate to a fence and walk through it, there's no reasonable suspicion yeah. of a crime there. So he just because you have a purse as a man does not constitute a reasonable s- stop. So just the act of... And this is, the, this is where... One thing I want to clear up, this is where it kind of gets hairy, because I do support police and I do agree that we need to have police, but at the same time, police are direct are directly in in violation of freedom. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, they're the antithesis of, of freedom. So, you have to balance the right of the police to enforce the law and arrest criminals with the freedom that we're supposed to all have and enjoy. Um, I watched a video this morning um, where uh, paint the picture. There's a there's a storefront. Uh, it's like 1:30 in the morning. All the lights are on in the store, but there's three people in in the store. A, a cop walks up to the store and knocks on the door, and says, "Hey, what's going on? Are you guys doing inventory? Um, you know, why are you in the store so late?" And the guy's like, it's none of your business why I'm in the store so late. And he's like, well, I just want to make sure everything's okay. Usually the stores in this area close at nine. It, it's 1.30 in the morning. What are you doing in the store? It's none of your business what I'm doing in the store. And he's absolutely right. It's none of the police's business why you're in that store. There's no broken glass. There's no... Um, evidence of broke, you know, forced entry. There's no damage to the property. There's just people hanging around, not trying to hide or anything like that. So there's nothing suspicious about this. Uh, the cops were eventually forced to resign because they pushed the matter. Turns out the guy owned the store and he was just there with a yeah. couple of the co workers after hours. There's nothing illegal about that. Well, interesting
1: enough, something actually happened to me a couple of years ago. I was uh, one of the churches I used to go to in the area. Uh, I was actually over there doing some work. And, uh, it was in the middle of the afternoon. Do you remember that, uh, that shooting that happened at the, um, synagogue in Pittsburgh? Yeah, yep. What was that about two or three years ago? Yeah. Maybe four years ago. So I was there by myself, but the doors are always unlocked. Um, um, I had a key to the place. So I went in and I was doing some work and all of a sudden the six foot three state trooper comes walking through the door and he's like, um, do you work here? like, yeah, I have a key to the facility is, and he started, it's like, well, we're just, we're just out here checking, you know, because of what happened in Pittsburgh and everything. It's like, I, I, I kind of understand. I mean, he saw one car sitting out in the parking lot and immediately assumed that something funny was going on. It's like, and it was, it wasn't like it was even at night. It was like in the middle of the day. Yeah. It was like, 1 2 p.m. in the afternoon or something so it was broad daylight it wasn't like you know so to me it was like you know it was an easy cordial back and forth conversation i was like no i was just here doing some work he's like well we're just checking to make sure everything's okay and very well might have been the case but at the same time do you just walk on somebody else's property without you know exactly i mean and that's the thing is... Um, I mean, maybe he was checking to see if the place was being robbed and maybe he assumed, but I was <laughs> sitting there cleaning stuff. Yeah. and It's like,
0: I'm not exactly... Another thing that people don't realize is trespassing laws apply to the police as well. They're not allowed to trespass on your property or private property any more than any other citizen. Um, they That's why warrants exist. They're, they need warrants to enter properties and things like that. So him just walking into that church was a violation of... of your your privacy the church's privacy and he was well-intentioned yeah but i guess that's what we're getting at i think i think a lot of times when you push back against police that the the sentiment is that you're anti-police or that you're a criminal or that you 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 just want to give them a hard time that's not really that's not really what it's about it's it's a it's about flexing your rights and and just making sure that they know that you know that you have rights.
1: I would venture a guess, and I might be, you know, I might be head of a tomato thrown at me for this, but I would venture a guess and say that the majority, the majority of police are conscientious of what their limitations yeah, are. Yeah,
0: a lot of them are. And what the reason why I want to do this particular special is because, one, I think it's very important that people know their rights. I, I think it's really important that people know, um, you know, what to do when they're... Uh, when they're involved with police, because there are other countries in the world that once were free like we are, and are no longer such because they've given up freedoms little by little by little by little by little, and it and it may not look from the outside looking in that they're that they're not as free as they once were, but like I think of Canada, I think of Australia, I think of places like that, which are they're great countries. I'm not putting them down. They're just not as free as they once were. No, in Canada, your your gun rights are very limited, um, and you know there's laws as to where you can store them. Some some guns have to be stored in um, like banks, almost with vaults and stuff like that, and you have to go check them out. And it's just well, it's even like
1: during the height of COVID. I mean, if you saw some of the stuff that was going on during that period in time, there were. In specific, I remember a gentleman who owned a barbecue restaurant somewhere right above Toronto or somewhere in that area, and they just, they had a big outdoor event, and I forget, it was probably last summer, I would say, somewhere last summer, and uh, the police came on site, and he was very cordial with them, and showed them around and everything, and nothing happened, but they came back within, I think it was a week or two, um, and they arrested him. Yep. Um and it, that wasn't the only particular case where that happened. There was actually a church, some kind of a Polish pastor or whatever the case be. I can't remember what type of church it was. But anyways, the uh, um, they were holding services, all consensual. The people were there, were deciding to take this risk on their own avail. You know, they were there of their own choice. And yet the police decided to arrest them. And it's like that... You know, I know we're talking here about Terry stops and something, else, but it's but it's, it's a, the same. It's premise. applicable. It's applicable in the sense that you know, if you go from one country to the next, the rights of the police extends a lot further than what they do here in the U.S. Exactly.
0: You would never be able to arrest an entire congregation in the United States. No. You you one. You may be able to pull it off temporarily, but one the ju- the as soon as you got before a judge, every one of those charges would be dropped. And that officer that did the arrest or officers would all probably either be would definitely be reprimanded if not forced to resign or fired.
1: In the case of that pastor, though, they arrested the pastor. Yeah. And they finally I remember he had finally gotten out due to some. He had a lawyer and uh, he was able to argue his case, I guess. But whatever the case be, the point of it is, is that those people were still there of their own choice. It's not like this guy went out to their homes at gunpoint threw them into the some vehicle and said, you're going to come out here and be a part of this. This was all choice based. Yeah. Very much choice based. It's just like with the restaurant, the, the hundred, the, and what was funny about it is that people were showing their support of this guy's business by showing up in droves. I mean, they had lines out the parking lot for this guy's barbecue. Um, And um, you know, they made the choice to be there. Yep. It was their choice. And the police Decided to make that person culpable because he offered something people wanted, and they decided, despite what was going on, to be there. Yeah. So how, <laughs> you know?
0: Well, this 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 um, sudden conversion over to a nanny state that we've that we've done uh, yeah. since COVID started. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, we've decided, and I'm I'm saying we as in 51% of the population. uh, And it may not even be that high, but it seems like the majority of people have decided that the government knows better than we do about how to go about our everyday lives. And they're starting to encroach into a territory where they're telling us what's good for us and what's what's safe for us. And as if we're not smart enough to figure that out on our own. it's like the whole debate with a seatbelt. Yeah.
1: You know, I've heard this before. And, you know, some people would be like, well, that's kind of a dead subject or whatever the case be. But it makes sense. Only because in we've all complied. Yeah. It's like, why should I have to wear a seatbelt? My wearing a seatbelt is not going to harm. Anyone but me. Anybody but myself. So it's like, you know, and going back and, you know, with Dr. Jack Kevorkian going back years when he used to perform euthanasia, yep. you know, and stuff for people. It's like. You know whether or not I agree with it. I don't agree with it morally, ethically. I don't agree with it, but on a legal, legal yeah. level, how can I argue somebody's right to to want to have somebody to do that? You know, it's.
0: I have, I have a personal experience with that. Um, my grandfather had stage four lung cancer, and towards the very end, he was very old. He was in his 80s when he when he uh, finally succumbed, but the last couple of months he was very very sick he was co- in constant pain uh, it was just there there's there there was no humanity there yeah. it was just pain and suffering for for 3 months and it changed my view a little bit on euthanasia where honestly the the, the man's at the end of his life um, he's suffering he's in pain he's terminal w- w- Yeah. Why are we dragging this out? Yeah. And I, you you know, yeah.
1: And to your point, I think, I mean, not to get onto it entirely. We're we're digressing again, but, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's one of those things that's. There's a lot of gray areas that can be discussed, you know, with regards to that. But
0: and there's a lot of gray areas in traffic stops. Yeah. And traffic yeah. Stops. Exactly. We'll segue right back into that. Woo, nice. <laughs> but there's a and and I guess that is that's not a bad point either, um, you know, because all of that is constitutional and it all goes back to, am I hurting anyone? Because one thing my civics teacher always told me is that you have a right to swing your arm and your fist as hard and as fast as you want anywhere you want to but your right to swing your fist ends at the other, at another person's nose
1: yeah their property yes so <laughs> as
0: long as you're not hurting someone's property and the same way with self
1: defense and home yes, home, defense. home defense
0: it all is the same yeah. thing you have a right to do whatever you want until you start harming somebody else's property and what i and it's very important that you say harming somebody else's property because there's a sentiment out there right now that your feelings count as your property but they don't you don't have a right to be free from hurt feelings there's no right that yeah That it, it exists about that So I guess what I'm getting about that is is They can't trample on the First Amendment Because what you say hurts somebody's feelings And the police have to abide by all of these rules The same way as everyone else does So they're no different than anyone else And the First Amendment comes into play Because a lot of a lot of your interactions in public are covered by the first amendment so you have to know that as well um i don't really know where to where to take this because i i want to make sure that everyone gets the gets the premise for this but at the same time i feel like i'm i'm rambling
1: <laughs> i mean with regards to i mean hurting feelings is it's something that can't be substantiated on a level of physical harm you know yeah. it's And that's always been the dividing line. And I think this is a discussion we need to have at some point on this podcast is what defines harm. Yes. You know, harm has always been one of those, you could, you could pretty much slap the label of harm to just about anything under the sun, but you can't do that. Otherwise there, there has to be a certain reasonable level of harm, you know, quotation marks, air quotes that is allowed within the context of the law. Sure. You you know, in terms of, you know, if, if, If somebody's threatening to kill you, you know, you are allowed a certain reasonable measure of harm that you can execute upon said other person in reasonable response. Just like, you know, and I'll be honest, like I think cops get a lot of bad rap, too, at the same time, you know, there are situations when they are within their rights. Uh, To do what they're told to do that, you know, is if you look at it contextually, they were allowed or able to do what they did, you know, or should have went further even maybe, but didn't because, you know, and I think of that in the context of now of some of the cities that are telling their police that they're not allowed to pursue you know, potential violent criminals that are running on the streets. New York City is one of those, that their assembly just passed a law that doesn't allow police to pursue. Yeah, You know, on foot, Port, uh, was it, uh, Seattle, did the same exact crap. You know, why even have police if they're not allowed to stop the very people that are causing the problems in the city. And the
0: anti-shoplifting I mean, laws, where you can just walk out of the yeah, store. Yeah, it's like why even
1: have a security officer? It's like there's really no point to paying that person if they have no power or legal authority
0: by which to stop somebody yeah. in those instances. At that point, there's no even there's not even an investigatory yeah. reason for those people to You may exist. very
1: well have to grab hold of somebody and mm-hmm. detain them yeah. so that you can question them yeah. and find out what they did. That's a reasonable measure of harm. Now what What we're talking about is that they have to have had context by which you know to establish that you and i have worked both in retail environments and the the um, asset protection teams always had to establish where they were supposed to rather establish four or five steps before they actually did an apprehension in other words they had to have established that um you know i don't know if it was video i can't remember all the steps but it was basically video evidence and then they had to have asked them once and then asked them twice you know before they left and then they can do it it was kind of it was a lot of bureaucracy in order to get them to where they needed to be but at yeah. the same time there were still there were there were checks and balances there to prevent from any willy-nilly asset protection guy yeah. from acting like You know, Rambo inside. Because as
0: far as your freedoms are concerned, a retail security guard has even less, (laughs) uh, you know, authority than a police officer. He has one goal: stop stuff from leaving the building. Exactly, exactly. Without being paid for, so he he has even less leeway than what a police. But I'm just, I'm just putting
1: that in the context of those who have more authority.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great example. Um, Why don't we wrap it up here? And then we'll 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 continue on in in the next step in the next episode on, you know, traffic stops. This almost seemed like it was more of a preface, uh, to to the 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 meat and potatoes uh, as to what to do. Yeah. This was almost more of an explanation episode uh, than anything else. So, I would encourage everyone to uh, tune into our next episode next week when we talk about. Um, I think we'll go into a little bit more of you know, the nuts and bolts of do this, do this, do this. And then the context of a traffic stop. Yeah. Uh, because they're very limited on what they can do uh, during a traffic stop. So find us on Facebook at uh, PA between the lines. You can find us on Twitter at the BTL podcast and you can check out our website, the BTL Everyone have a great week. Uh, enjoy yourselves. Be calm. Uh, don't get in trouble hopefully you don't even have to worry about interactions with the police yeah. um, and don't be doing any
1: wheelies or yeah uh, you know yeah uh,
0: just don't break the law to it? begin with and you really won't have to worry even though it's about.
1: probably uh, insensitive now Chinese uh, traffic stops
0: oh the, the yeah the uh, what was it the Chinese fire drill fire drill yeah, yeah. everybody was. would get out of the car I never understood seats.
1: I don't why un- they called it that
0: I don't I don't get it either like it, it was that like a thing in I, I I don't understand. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe we'll have to do an episode. Maybe that's on, why the CCP crackdown is because there were too many fire drills <laughs> going on. That's what it was. We'll we'll do an episode on on um uh insensitive racial racial stereotypes that don't make sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be a, re- a really good episode. All right, everyone, have a good week. Uh, take uh, take some time and just just be decent. Be de- decent human beings. That's all I ask. All right.